Hello and welcome to the Data Busters podcast, the podcast for all things school data. We've finally reached the last half term of this extraordinary year, a year in which, yet again, schools have proved that they can adapt to just about anything, no matter how unexpected or downright weird that might be. Dynamic planning has become a watchword as secondary schools and sixth form colleges see their years 10 and 12s for the first time in months, and primaries build on their experience with pupils in nursery, reception, years one and six, to think about ways to get everyone else back into the classroom for September. With England schools grappling with the fallout of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, here, deep in the data buster's lair, we've been considering what all this means for the world of education data and thinking hard about what the much-discussed new normal should really look like. I'm Richard Selfridge, author of Data Busting for Schools, and joining me, as always, is Jamie Pembroke, data buster extraordinaire, insight facilitator, and all-round data guru. Morning, Jamie, and how are you today? I'm all right, mate. I'm okay. Yeah, sun is out. Um, how Absolutely. are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. I'm lo also looking at the sunshine at the moment and, uh, and very happy that, uh, that the weather is improving all the time. After, and it's bizarre as well. You think that the whole lockdown, everybody, you know, other than all of you, obviously, have been working in schools because they have been open all the way through. Yeah, we but if you've been, glad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if you have been working from home, um, it's, uh, it has been a joy. The fact the weather was so lovely and then it really wasn't very nice at all. Anyway. Oh, yeah. All things moving pretty well there, and uh, um, I say it, I'm looking forward to the heat wave as it comes forward. Otherwise, just keeping busy, you know, talking to schools, doing various things. I'm now doing various um, online remote things with schools, which is uh, I'm sure we're all getting used to doing that. Everybody's getting slightly sick of Zoom and Teams meetings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, so again, I have various friends saying. Would you like to meet me over Zoom? No, I, really, no, I, think, no. We, I think we're all over that now. No, novelty has definitely worn off. Exactly. Yeah, but, and it's been strange, hasn't it? Since we last recorded, um, just before that, actually, the, since the, the 10th of May was when we moved to the whole stay alert, control the virus, save lives thing. And we've, and we've got this gradual easing now of regulations and we're getting used to this, you know, the terrible phrase, the new normal. So yeah. uh, how are you finding the whole new normal? How are things changing for you? Uh, well, you know, obviously I am staying alert. I'm looking out for microorganisms <laughs> wherever I go. Um, looking out Absolutely. for those clouds, those tiny little particles coming my way. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a groundhog day, really. Um, it's very strange. It's really changed much. I'm, I'm still at home. I'm still working from home. Um, I'm still yeah. working remotely and the yeah. children are at home. So it, it just rumbles on for me. It does. It's, it's been slightly strange. I mean, again, I'm, I'm probably the same as lots of people. I kind of quite miss the fact that it was nice and quiet. And when I went out on my bike, oh, there, yeah. was no yeah. and, uh, there was very little traffic. But, you know, yeah. things have, you know, where I am up in Yorkshire, I've been out and about a fair bit and, and we're back to normal. You know, we were yeah. out at the weekend. We went to an, an English heritage place. Things are open. I went to go and see my mum who lives 100 miles away. Things are open. So things are moving back. My yep. youngest now is um, who's in year six. She's now back in school and she's in school. She happens to be in five days a week yeah. um, in a relatively small group. Yeah. Um, her school is bubbling. Her bubble started with 10 children is now up to 12. Yeah. And we're expecting a few more to yeah. come back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. The school so, where so, I so, teach so, has been. Yeah. So, so, uh, well, it's different here because uh, but both, both my children are secondary age. Um, my wife, uh, my wife, maths teacher, she's she's now back in school um, every day, not necessarily the whole day. 
Um, she's still doing um, some work from home as well, but she's she's teaching in school at the moment. Um, uh, but my uh, youngest daughter, who's year seven, is is working uh, from home. So she still hmm. um, gets up early and all the yeah. work's sort of set on the VLE and she gets yeah. it all done. Um, yeah. gets, she, she beavers away and gets it all done really, you know, so uh, she's mm. done really, really well and she works really, really hard. But uh, it's quite strange having her at home. and My wife is back in the school that my daughter would normally attend. <laughs> exactly. And it has been strange because, again, because my eldest is in uh, is in year nine and uh, and, you know, her secondary school has been very good. You know, they've adapted. It's been a big change all the yeah. way through um, as as they've got better at setting work, marking work, giving yeah. her feedback and so on. Um, and I think at, at secondary level, there's you know, strange. There's something to be said for remote working for those children for whom that works. And again, for, we know for those that's... for whom it works. Yeah. So as yeah, I say, exactly. they set the work on the VLE. It's quite a yeah. lot of work set. Um, she'll mm. get up and she'll diligently work through that. And it's, mm. you know, as I say, it's quite, quite a bit. Um, there's mm. usually a, a, a meeting, uh, a sort of a class meeting or maybe a form, a tutor group meeting mm. on, on, um, on Microsoft Teams. She's even attended maths lessons uh, delivered by her mum. So her mum is at school <laughs> doing a, a maths lesson yeah. for maybe a hundred children, and, yes. and um, Rosa, daughter, yeah. at, at, is at home uh, watching. Yeah. So that school kind of that. There you go. That's pretty strange. Um, that's a strange it, new uh, normal. New normal. <laughs> yeah, that's that is quite quite weird. Um, Things you were not expecting to have happened this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and yeah. so, yeah, so there's, there's sort of strange things going on like that. Um, but I, I think it's been it's been very well managed. Um, the, the work has been pitched right. Uh, mm. But but for her, it's worked really yeah. well. And she's quite self-motivated. Um, I, 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 I'm, you know, appreciate and well aware that that is mm. not the same for all children and all families, that in other yeah. families it's been... Mm. It's been tough. Um, mm. Children might be, might be not, it might not be quite so easy to motivate. You've got parents mm. who are trying to hold down jobs, who are trying to work as well. Mm. And it's yeah. difficult. And also and got the whole that thing about accessing, uh, the, on, on, accessing the work, um, having a quiet area to work, having the right equipment, having a laptop mm. or an iPad um, mm. that you can use all day mm. that someone else doesn't need, having a stable, fast uh, broadband connection not everyone mm. has that and that's tough. exactly and that has been a big a discussion and i know that you know obviously the government have said that they're going to provide um technology for um for children which they're doing for pupils in school they're definitely doing uh, here up in leeds they're oh, okay um, they're beginning to distribute them but they're but they're only being distributed in secondary level they're not being distributed to any of the primary schools but yeah. they have started to dis distribute those to try and deal with that technological gap um yeah. uh, but it's but that's not the only thing that's an issue there you know we know because now that you know, suddenly we've got a billion pounds going in to support pupils through the the national tutoring program. There's 350 yes. million pounds going to that, and then 650 million going into this capture premium, which will basically be directed to Vitus Pupil Premium or ever six, um, and we'll see how all that de uh, develops. Well, this is it. Say, I mean, there, is, there is this huge divide between those who are not quite thriving, but most of it, and able. Children who we know are, are, are struggling a little bit more. So, so the concerns are now. There's a number of concerns. Uh, um, one, our schools going to be expected to be open during the summer, um, and is that going to be popular with parents? Is that what parents want? Is that just like some you know a bit of a vote pleaser? Um, 
uh, it's certainly not going to be popular, I guess, with, with, with teachers, with senior leaders and what have you. You have to try and keep those schools open um, mm. and the way it impacts on holidays and what have you. But I suppose there are, um, there are elements of society out there that think that teachers have been on holiday all this time. It's um, still amazing how many people think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they go, mm. well, so, so they don't need mm. some holiday, do they? They can just go back to work now. Um, and they yep. can they can work during the summer because they've had a twelve week holiday. Whoa! You, yeah, you really exactly. still think it's, that? Yeah, it's um, to completely misunderstand like what, what teaching more involves, stressful is and mm. disruptive than they just want like just want to go mm. back to school and like teach classes of children, which is what they're yeah. supposed to do and what they're paid to do. This has been exactly. way harder trying to mm. imagine. And of course, now we've got this situation where um, teachers are. Children are back in, but not all children. So they might be teaching mm. groups of key workers. They've been doing that for, for weeks, but they now, may mm. now be teaching, you know, year one or, or year, year, year six or uh, reception mm. or, or year 10 or whatever it is. And in addition mm. to that, so they're actually doing face-to-face teaching. In addition to that, they're having to set work for those children who aren't in. Yeah, and that's been so a bit of a discussion. Whammy. How do we manage that exactly? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and, and the other problem is this issue of tutors, Mm. Um, helping catch up. And again, sounds great, but what yeah. are those tutors going to teach those children? Who's going mm. to manage what they teach them? Who's going to set what they teach them? Is it going yes. to be a bit of a free-for-all? Because I know mm. that, you know, having spoken to um, teachers recently and spoken to a head teacher recently, the last thing they want is just tutors just teaching them stuff that they think they want to teach them. Oh, look, I'll teach you this. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's got to follow the national curriculum, but not not just now. It's got it's got to follow the school's curriculum, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and uh, for for those who are interested in you know how the wheels of of power um, work, it's been really interesting to see because the the national tutoring program is effectively going to be coordinated via the Education Endowment Foundation which is a separate and standalone yeah. non-governmental body, yeah. except that it's going to provide and coordinate. And, and, and so therefore there are all kinds of questions about, about various things. And as I say, it's, but you can see that moving forward, there are a lot of things to be considered here, you know, across the piece. Um, not, and not just in schools as well, because for all the rest of us, there's that sense of what is going to be normal, you know, come September, because, are we going to be able to get back into to, how much of, of what we were able to do in September last year? Are we going to be able to do in September this year? This, um, um, there all are around interesting questions. times. Yeah, questions <laughs> over curriculum. So is, is the rest mm. of the curriculum going to suffer um, mm. as we just focus on in primary schools on English and maths, mm. which is an accusation that's obviously made uh, yeah. at, at schools anyway, because they, you know, primary schools, so I guess we'll particularly in year six we'll focus on, on SATs, mm. um, but but now even more so with catch up, mm. surely English and maths is going to take priority, um, yeah. and there's going to be less time for other stuff. And then there's mm. all the the kind of the the health and well being side of things where children have mm. been affected by that, um, children vulnerable children and uh, the experience that they've had during this, and schools are going to be picking up the pieces of those children's. Mm lives um and also there's that there's the sort of physical sort of health aspects where they haven't had much exercise they haven't had possibly good diets or you mm. know there's all sorts of yeah. concerns 
Exactly. And I think it, it, the other, as with all things in school, it's, it's such a fragmented um, picture across the piece, because I think, you know, if you're, you can clearly see those children who are in year 10, year 12, who are heading into a, an examination year, where those are public examinations, those are qualification yeah, sure. years, yeah. um, and where they've missed a chunk of, of, of the, the, the time to learn the course yes, and the course so there materials. Was talk That's about difficult. delay, wasn't it? There was something in the, it, yeah. in the news today about delaying uh, the Whether they push the exams year. Yeah. To, to enable children to have um, more learning time. Um, and you can see that those are particular issues in, you know, those children right. who will be in the 11 So, so I didn't read uh, mm. much about it. So what's mm. the proposal that they do them at the end of the summer, which means that schools have to teach them through the summer? Well, the discussion is to either do them at the end of the summer or do them right at the end of the term. So move the exam season back from being in sort of May, June-ish mm. into end of June, July. Yeah. Um, then that, that's, first, you know, not, the, that's probably not going to be enough to yeah. catch up. No, exactly. And I think that exactly. Whereas, and I think that's a diff, you can see the issues there. Whereas um, the discussion about um, children having missed out huge amounts of their education when they're younger, you know, if you're talking at you know nine, ten, twelve, thirteen year olds, yes, they've missed a chunk of of time in school, um, but it's only a small part of their overall education. Whereas if you're doing a two year course and you've missed one sixth of it through COVID being shut, then that's yeah. a difficult thing. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that's a, that's a bit of a um, you can see how, the, you know, it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a simple thing to talk about or, no. or to find a solution for. No, um, no. Whereas, um, as, yeah. Yeah. So well, the other thing I was going to say was that there's also the issue over um, how they uh, grade those. Um, uh, because mm. obviously, if they just norm reference them, then they're not really um, compatible, comparable with previous years, mm. are they? So no. there's there's a there's a whole bunch of um, issues around that as well. Yes, exactly. They're almost going to be starred results, aren't they? A bit like those performance. Um, uh, again, I'm a big fan of cycling, and lots of years in cycling have stars next to the winners because of uh, of events that uh, that shouldn't have taken place. And in this yeah. one, again, there may be sort of almost starred results, and not in an A star way. Um, so that if, if be... you do make them, if you do make them comparable with previous years in terms of like difficulty and what have you, then surely you'll see a big drop in the percentages of children achieving higher grades won't you whereas if you norm reference them then you have Mm. the same Mm. proportions but they're not the same value no and exactly and i think again i have i've looked at the uh, what Ofqual have suggested that they're they're doing, um, but not closely enough to be absolutely certain about it. But I'm fairly certain that, that, that I've, my reading, my recollection was that they were going to as much as possible try and ensure that the uh, the results this year were comparable with previous years. It's um, not so much. But, yeah, I'm not talking too much mm. this year. I'm talking about next year. Oh, you think about okay yeah. when they actually mm. do an examination rather than this year when yeah yeah and, and we know that. Well, from from the data that the FFT released recently, just based on that sample of schools, it looked like the grades had gone up. And in some cases, the average grade was like a one grade mm. higher in some subjects or right. like a third or half a grade higher in, in others. So there is mm. quite a there is a notable difference um, mm. in, in those um, in those those grades. Uh, which mm. is uh, concerning. And that may well be brought down because this is where the the. the uh, the ranking system comes into play and you start to jiggle them around and move them up and down. Mm. Um, yeah. So, mm. uh, well, we'll see, yeah. see how this plans, pans out. There's so much. There are so many things. Have to be, uh, that, that thrashed out over the next year. Exactly. Um, 
Uh, but one of the things which we have been talking about, because you know, we've had time to take stock, um, uh, and you and I, we've been working on um, Data Proof Your School, which is our book due next year, next yeah. spring, um, which is uh, you know, the how-to guide for, because people keep asking us, they want some clear directions, what, what they should be doing um, and how they should be doing, um, you know, how they should be taking control of their data. So one of the things we thought we'd um, discuss today was to have a look at um, school data tracking systems and um, what you should be looking for in schools yeah. uh in a system which allows you to uh, you know to keep track of what's been happening in your school yeah so i thought i'm going to start by asking you a question just a, a basic one you know imagine you've got a blank slate and you're a school what what should you be looking for in some kind of system that you're going to um, say record and keep um, hold of information so that you can then act upon that information well it's it's i know it's, it's a real cliche but I think the first thing you need is simplicity. And right, so th- we, we do need to like treat, I think, primary schools and secondary schools differently. They are different mm-hmm. in terms of the number of subjects you're going to be looking at in secondary, uh, the number of examined subjects. And so, um, and also, secondary schools tend to have uh, data managers, even departments of, um, and, and people who are uh, very wizzy with and very keen on creating their own databases, creating their own spreadsheets. And they often can, can sort of create a, an in-house uh, bespoke system which, which uh, you know, meets their needs. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's really, um, that's really uh, fine. That's all, that's all good, well and good. But I think the primary schools don't have that luxury. Uh, often mm. they just want something that's really, really simple. Um, so they are different, really, primary <laughs> schools. The, the needs of primary schools and secondary schools are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think keeping it simple is is uh, uh, vital. Uh, I think the systems that you use need to be uh, really, really flexible. I'm always banging on about this. They need to be uh, capable of storing any data in any format. So it, it, there's a lot of information. There's the census type of information, the contextual information that you will store in your MIS system. Um, that needs to be easily pulled into your tracking system. So you need to have a link there. So it live links and it updates all the time. The last thing you want is some sort of really basic spreadsheet that you're constantly having to uh, delete rows, add more rows in. You know, I think that a lot of schools go down this route saying, oh, we just have a spreadsheet. It's really simple. It's really neat. There's something very intuitively pleasing about just having this free, simple solution. But you soon get bogged down in detail. Children change from year you know, year five to year six or year one to year two, as they move up, you need to copy that then to a new tab and then you have to delete mm. rows and you have to change the. It's a nightmare to try and manage these things. And that's so why anything you... which becomes too manual. Um, yeah, too, uh, way too manual, unless you yeah. have, unless mm. you have a data manager who really, really is on this stuff and who can, uh, you know, write macros and VBA and takes care of all that stuff, you know, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But mm. lots of schools don't have that so they they, mm. they don't have that luxury so they end up manually setting up a new spreadsheet copying year one into year two changing uh changing yeah. all the kind of contextual stuff manually because it's not filtering across from the mis system so they're manually changing every time a child's sen status changes they're manually mm. changing every time their free school meal change uh, status changes and etc etc so hmm. that's just you, you can't go down that route. But so many schools do. And, and they start off all excited because they're going to build their own system. And a year or so later, they realize it's centralized. They're reliant on one person, that one person hmm. who was very excited about this 
project to start with is now really jaded and fed up with it because everyone comes to them and makes and also someone always and people always break your spreadsheets as well someone <laughs> always copies and pastes over some hidden formulae somewhere and they break it so it's a nightmare you need a good system it is worth buying a system it is worth having an online system that everyone can access. It is sure. worth trying to make it as simple as possible because the simpler it is and the nicer it is to use, the more people will use it in a timely fashion. You'll get better data, more accurate data, more timely data. It hmm. needs to be nice to use. Just like <laughs> any other bit of software that you use, any other app that you use on your phone, it needs yeah. to be nice to use. Mm -hmm. So that's quite important. I think that that kind of aesthetic thing is often yeah. overlooked in, in school software. It's like we, it's things that we expect of all the other software that we use in our daily lives. You just throw yeah. that out the window and go, oh, it can look terrible. I don't care. You overlook the fact it looks absolutely dreadful and its functionality is appalling and it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. There's a lot of yeah. bad software. So simple, easy yeah. to use, nice to use, online, adapt, um, easily customizable, adaptable, um, and capable of storing any data in any format. So all of your teacher assessments stored in the format that you normally don't don't make compromises because the system doesn't deal with it in that format. So therefore, it's like this this constant kind of manual translation going on in your brain. You go, oh yeah, well we call it that. The system calls it that. We we know what it means. It's kind of almost yeah. sort of like that. Don't do that. Yeah. It needs to be capable of storing any data in any format. Standardized scores, scaled scores. Um, scaled scores from uh, from you know from tests uh, from practice SATs tests those sorts of things mm -hmm. phonic scores reading ages comparative judgment scores from you know mm -hmm. no more marking comparative judgment scores writing ages they all of that mm -hmm. needs to go in so you've then got this one stop shop that's got all the children's details in all of the contextual information their attendance their their dates of birth their month of birth all that really useful all the statutory prior attainment, their mm -hmm. foundations, their foundation stage baseline scores. If you have that information, yes, we know that the new DFE baseline won't be providing you any scores. We'll put that to one side. Mm -hmm. Foundation stage profile outcomes, good level of development, phonic scores, key stage one, key stage two. If you're in a secondary school, it's obviously going to, the main thing is that it's going to have to have their key stage two results in both teacher assessment, if that exists, and scaled scores. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, baseline assessments in secondary schools, sort of the Yellis and Midyis, and all those sorts of tests that schools schools do. Mm -hmm. um, FFT uh, estimates, um, mm -hmm. and then you can start to piece it all together. So you can say, right, here are yeah. our groups of children, our classes of children. Um, here's some really useful uh, sort of contextual information that tells me that their mm -hmm. attendance is this, that they were summer born, that they have. They're no longer on the SEN uh, register, but they used to be um, mm -hmm. that they didn't achieve. Uh, I don't know. They didn't achieve right reading at key stage two, but they narrowly missed it by a scale point or so they this missed is, it by 10 points. Or... Exactly. This is the bit when you're beginning to get into the you want a system which allows you to, to do the analysis, which you're going to need to do. But that first all those things you said there about flexibility and simplicity and user friendliness and so on. Uh, a lot of that is basically saying your system should allow you to collate the data which you're gathering. Yes. And you should be able to do that quickly, yeah, all simply. Of it. All and, of it. And in all, yeah, so it should be able to do that. Yeah. And if it doesn't allow you to do that, then you need to, you need to ask whoever provides it to, to give yeah. you some training on it or support you with that because yeah. you should be able to, to collate all of the things you need to collate 
easily, simply, and so on. Yeah, and yeah. then you move on to the analysis section where you're saying, okay, so then once you've got it all in there and you know that it's all correctly named and it's easily to access and so on. So once you can do that, then you can actually take the next step, which is to say, okay, so what can we glean from this information which we've painstakingly gathered yeah. and put into yeah. this system? Yeah. 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 So, um, but the analysis thing is the problematic thing because mm, um, mm. I think that what you want is the the main focus. There's there's like cohort level. So here mm. is a class of children. What percentage of them are working well below, just below, at and above, and mm-hmm. how has that changed over time? You know, mm. and then mm. below that is the pupil level. But mm-hmm. what we're too focused on is subdividing those year groups into all these little pupil groups and thinking that by comparing boys to girls and disadvantaged, non-disadvantaged and, and all those other groups that they might tell us something mm. and it probably doesn't. And um, there's quite know, a bit if, of... if you can mm. identify that it's your summer born children that are always mm. the ones that are struggling with, that's, that could be quite useful. But, but often when we compare one group to another, we create these great big tables broken down into every single subgroup of children. It's probably not telling you what you think it's telling you. Mm. Um, uh, the, the, so th- there's that issue. I think that there's the there's class level stuff that's useful for like say delivering data, presenting data to governors. So on broadly speaking, this is our state. This is the state of the nation. This is where we are now, and this is mm. how it compares to the last term or last year or the previous statutory assessment point. So we can see those percentages that are working below and working above changing over time. Right mm. below that, I think it's. It's pupil level data, mm. individual pupils. What are we doing? Yeah, Here are some pupils do? who are struggling. Mm. Um, this is why they're struggling, we think. This is what we've put in place to support those to try and bring them back up to speed, right? So mm. it, it, it's that bit in the middle, that murky area in the middle. We go, well, boys mm. are doing this and girls are doing this and boys that mm. are spring-born are going, oh. mm. and Exactly, that's and, problematic. And, and, my experience as well is that there's quite a bit of legacy within a lot of tracking systems where where the analysis side, um, which is often generating of reports or um, you know something which allows you to to summarise the information, a lot of the time you end up that can get bloated and 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 and, and neglected. And I think that you need a system which allows you to to keep the analysis fresh and um, and meaningful. Yeah, um, and and yeah, that's I mean it's that's really important. So uh, that the and I know I bang on about this. A lot. And, and I've just written a, uh, a chapter for the, for the book, which goes into this at length. Yes. The big problem in both primary mm. and secondary schools is mm. the, the progress measure thing. So mm. really what you want your tracking system to be is a is a, a, a library of useful information. It is mm. a storage system for useful information about children. But, mm. but the, where we break it is the reason why they often become so dysfunctional is because we don't start from that point i want to store a load of useful information about children they Mm. start from the point i want to measure their progress and that's the problem that you Mm. start from that point you go right i want to measure progress so Mm. that requires a number so therefore progress must equal a number therefore i need numbers at different point and i can subdivide i can subtract one number i can work out the difference between two numbers and that means progress right so therefore mm. i'm going to have to invent some kind of level type system in order to do that mm. or you make the mistake of saying let's do standardized tests and subtract one standardized test score from the next and though they've made <laughs> but it's still mm. this error you you are breaking data mm. you're making it do stuff that it's not designed to do you're making teacher assessment do stuff that it's not designed to do that's mm. a problem in secondary schools they're using these, you know, either there's two things they're doing in secondary schools. They're using working at grades, 
which mm. is really bizarre, where they're saying, oh, that mm. child is currently working at a GCSE grade. Mm-hmm. What, but they're in year eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were working at GCSE grade two. So they've made a GCSE grade of progress in the last year. I was like, what? No way. <laughs> you or, can see where that comes from, but yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. where the mistake is. Or they is, do the working mm-hmm. towards grade. So they said they're working towards, they're in year seven, they're working mm-hmm. towards an eight, a grade eight, or working towards a grade six. And they've got these, um, these nice kind of uh, gradients, these flight path colored bands, and they're on, the, they're on the grade six pathway. And then they go up one and it's like value added. Oh, they've now moved on to the grade seven pathway. So they're mm-hmm. on a, they've, they've moved it's it's all about measuring progress and mm. and the problems with tracking systems arise when that becomes your primary focus the problem mm. is that is the primary focus of most schools tracking systems when their primary focus should be let's get all of our useful information into one place so that teachers can find out lots of useful stuff about children that can hopefully inform them about why children are not doing as well as you'd hope they would do. So, yeah, so exactly. So then uh, that's looking at saying that actually in, in a lot of systems, just, you know, because of the legacy, because where we've come from, because of the focus on progress, you know, over the years, which we've moved beyond, hopefully, um, that, that means that quite a bit of uh, the analysis effectively that's, that's, that's still within some tracking systems is, is pushing the wrong direction, bloating things and not really telling you anything useful. Yeah. Because, again, so yeah. that analysis... Because uh, so therefore, another thing to look in your tracking system is to say, what is our level of analysis? Uh, have we thought about that? Is this what we actually want? Because then yeah. I think the other thing we've, we we keep banging on about is what are the what are the actions that result from all of this? So yeah. within your yeah. tracking system, yes, you're going to collect some information. Yes, you're going to analyze it in some way. But you should also have some sense of of the actions that result, and then then how you track those yeah. actions as well exactly and, and and no action is going to arise from knowing that on average boys have made three and a half steps of learning in the last year mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. it's completely abstract it means absolutely mm-hmm. nothing but yeah. but what it does do is it, it satisfies uh, governors who've always been presented data in that format or it, it satisfies your local authority advisor who's always been presented data in that format and, it, mm. and up until very recently I mean, about a year ago it satisfied um offstead inspectors who'd always yeah. been presented in that format it was just like let's just maintain that that mm. that familiarity let's just mm. maintain it. so just keep that illusion going and i mm. think that we're coming to that point now where it's it's mm. it, it, it it's stopping kind of yeah. a bit there are still a lot of systems out there that are very much mm. focused on on that sort of data so that's one issue um, mm-hmm. that's a massive distraction um, mm. the other thing is it, the other problem is um uh making our is is, is conflating um assessment with tracking um mm-hmm. so they're different things tracking is just like here's a load of data and here's a load more data and let's see if it's changed Mm-hmm. you know and 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 why has it has it changed why yeah. is this child not doing as well why is this, is this class not doing as well so um it, the one of the things I, I i find most concerning is where and, and most systems commercial systems fall into this trap is trying to make a turn a tracking system into an assessment system right and mm-hmm. and this is where it comes down to this sort of nitty-gritty detail of of the, the yeah. sort of the the ranking and scoring and tracking and, and ticking off of individual learning objectives as if mm. that's going to tell you something you didn't already know and and i think that a lot of schools mm. have bought into this illusion that mm. that that process of ticking off learning objectives is gap analysis mm. and it's not 
Mm. How can a teacher ticking off Mm. a bunch of learning objectives on a list Mm. then tell them something they didn't already know about that child's learning when all they're doing is just recording their opinion? Mm. Unlike um, a test, so you could do a standardised test or a Mm. past paper um, or or your own mini test you know we, we mm. were talking recently about like question banks you know mm. you could build your own test from a question bank or, or whatever you know that, mm. uh, that the analysis of that will tell you something mm. but analyzing yeah. your own opinion is mm. unlikely to tell you something that you didn't already know and this is the thing which we've been again uh, uh, talking to schools groups of schools and so on and we're working on in the book saying yeah if you want to know about um things that children can't do and that you know areas of the curriculum that, that they're not so confident in, that has to happen at classroom level by the teaching teams in the classroom they have to be working on that and then gathering loads of information and filling in loads of spreadsheets that they're, they're not really it's, it's a lot of effort and uh, time and effort and it probably isn't it's all that massive useful effort. so it's don't bring that into your tracking system your tracking no, system no, no, but... should be you know so information which you're fairly certain is worth collecting and worth gathering and isn't as you say just marking your own homework you know exactly if if if, um if schools are really honest they'd stop doing it now Mm. but but schools are a long long way now i have to say this is a peculiarly uh primary thing Mm -hmm. secondary teachers generally are not doing this and i think most secondary teachers are shocked when they see they go, they do what? <laughs> well, yeah, they've got this list of 50 maths learning objectives for the year five maths curriculum yeah. and, and they rag rate them. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it tells them something they didn't already know. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Yeah. But, but when you get so deeply entrenched into this, mm-hmm. you can't really see. So when you say what you, you can say to teachers, stop doing it. They go, but, 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 but how will I know if the child's made progress? What you don't know if the child, you know. You know the child is. You know what the child is doing. You're teaching them. How can it cannot be that your mind is blank until you mm. start to and and be honest, right? Be honest. You don't do it as you go along anyway. Mm-hmm. And even if you did, it wouldn't tell you something you didn't already know. But you don't do it. As you, you save it till the end of term. Yeah. Because it's so tedious. Yeah. It's so much of it. You have to do fifty for each child. It and adds you... up to thousands of assessments across the year. You save it till yeah. the end of term. And then there's this little wry smile and yeah. And I think you've pointed this out before, isn't it? The fact that, uh, you know, actually a lot of a lot of you can see the way which teachers react to the the request to fill in loads of information in a spreadsheet, which which doesn't actually change what they're doing in the classroom. So some of them either do it, you know, as they're moving through or they do it, you know, they block fill the whole thing at the end, you know. Yeah, I think I think yeah. some of them start off uh, thinking, yeah. "Oh, this is my mark book, and I'm going to do it as I go along. Yeah. It's going to be really, really useful." Yeah. Uh, and then they realise it's such an onerous task that they they just drift and they leave it. I've always I sort of likened it to uh, having to fill out your tax return. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and you sort of wait, leave it, leave it, leave it until yeah. the. 27th of January. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you those know, again, um, yeah, and you shouldn't really be doing it because again, you know, if you're thinking about a tracking system, you should be collating useful information which you're fairly sure is independent and, and allows you to see some kind of change over time. Um, and it, not not progress, but change over time, you know, where the children sit in a ranking system of some kind or or other indicators that you might have. Which is but why it, a standardized test is useful. Yeah, now, exactly. um, standardized mm. tests are generally only available for English and maths, maybe science, but you know, this and then there's the cat test which sort of sit aside from that mm. um but but secondary schools don't have this luxury of having standardized no. assessment for mm. every single subject which is why this uh, idea mm. of having these sort of question banks which won't be standardized assessment but having banks of questions that you can draw on and i know that um mm. 
uh, you know, Josh, Josh Perry that we've, mm. we've been speaking to is working with Adam Boxer on, on, on a project which looks really, really interesting. Mm. Um, and that's mainly focused on science, but they're going to be looking at other subjects as well, where like mm. you can build up these big banks of questions, and build your own uh, mm. sort of uh, tests from that. That's really exciting. Um, but yeah, so analysing the outcomes of tests will tell you something useful. Mm. Mm. But I think the yeah. problem is, and maybe this is more a problem in, in primary schools, that that standardized tests is, is is still sort of seen as being mm. well some, some are, are are against them aren't they some exactly still, some yeah. schools are still we're moving in the right them. direction exactly again i'm thinking about all these things at the moment i think in terms of that sort of collating information the, the schools that that certainly in my experience have talked to schools at the moment is you can see that they, they've moved you know they've, they've begun to realize that that filling in the different little boxes for all of these <laughs> hundreds of um objectives is 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 not being very useful so they're moving a little yeah. bit more to being more sensible with collating um schools are beginning to think a bit more about then analyzing the information over time um and the next step which again i don't think a lot of schools are doing about this again i was meeting with some school teachers recently saying you know does your um system build year on year does it build a picture yeah. over time which is the thing yeah. which we talk about a lot and saying and again yeah. this is a question for those people listening to the podcast you know do you really know in year four or five much more about these pupils than the teachers or you know about the children in year one yeah. because you should know a lot more about children in year four five six in year yeah. nine ten eleven yeah. than you know about children in year seven or in year one that's, and if your yeah, system doesn't uh, do that then then why not and build towards that well there's, there's a whole bunch of strange things so like i mentioned the whole thing about ticking off learning objectives often the assessment in some systems, the assessment that the child ends up with at the end of term or the end of the year is, is a product of how many of those boxes you've ticked off. So the, mm. the teachers are like, well, if I tick that one, they suddenly they're in this band and they're, they're higher. And, and that's all focused on this in-year thing rather mm. than looking back at the previous year. But mm. if they did look back at the previous year, often you go, well, yeah, but I don't, I don't agree with what the previous year's teachers, they, they said that mm. the child had done all these things and then I found out they've got all these holes in their knowledge and this just mm. goes on and on and on and on and on. Mm. It's like next year's teacher goes, oh, no, 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 no. They said mm. that they'd done all these things, but they clearly haven't done all these things because they, I've forgotten it all or it was never embedded. They, they didn't teach it in first, but whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a distrust of, of previous year's um, mm. data. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's focused on like building up across the year mm. to sort of, maximize the number of points that you gain across the year it's not about mm. gaining lots of useful information mm. over time i think in in case of primary schools i think there mm. are still too many primary teachers say year four year five teachers that mm. don't know mm. about the phonics outcomes whether the child achieved phonics in year mm. one or year two or whatever or what they got at, what their result was in you know, mm. foundations that whether yeah. they achieve good level of development in foundation mm. stage all those sorts of things might be mm. missing how they did in previous years standardized tests might be mm. missing yeah um, and i think that's uh, the, one of the issues is that standardized uh, sorry um uh, tracking systems are often viewed as um rightly or wrongly a, a, a means to which by, by which senior leaders track the performance of the teachers mm. rather than mm. Um, tracking how well children are doing. Yeah, identifying where the issues in cohorts and classes are and the children who need to be supported. Exactly. And again, when I talk to um, people in school, they often say, oh, yeah, well, teachers can get that information. So you can get access to um, children's you know, um, uh, results earlier down in the year. But it's not live information that's often that's used. Because, again, you want to get to the point where 
where from your tracking system, you've got all the information so that you can identify need in classes yeah. and cohorts and possibly for groups or individuals, you know, that you need to, to track. Mm. Well, you know, we do get um, sometimes, obviously, I, I work for Insight and um, which is obviously a very good system. Uh, but other systems, get, <laughs> other systems are available other systems are available we do get uh, schools asking whether like systems can be locked down so that teachers can't make any changes to anything mm. um, but we also get which you know you can see well there's two sides to the argument you go well mm. yeah because you don't want um, often though that stems from a fear mm-hmm. that teachers will manipulate previous or, data yeah could push that. data down and mm. I, i've known of schools that have come across for doing this that where, where mm. data has been pushed down from the previous year in order to make it look like children have made more progress mm. across the year that they're currently in um we've even had uh schools say so um can uh, can can teachers see all data then um can all teachers see all data mm-hmm. yeah not just the data for their class i just want them i just want it locked down to to mm. their class why surely mm. what you want to uh do is, is like what sure you want to foster like a really positive data culture mm. but if the minute you start locking stuff down then people think what's behind that curtain or mm. what's behind that that iron curtain in this yep. case you know why is that <laughs> locked away yeah. what's the purpose of, once you start locking data away people become suspicious of it well, I'm quite and quite rightly too. Again, if you've ended up in a position where where some uh, you know, if, if teachers in a position where they're they're, they're contemplating or actually altering data um, in a, in a tracking system, then something there's too much pressure being put on yeah, that which, system. Which and, goes and, to show yeah, that yeah. It, it it often, all mm. too often, this data is viewed as um, a, a tool for measuring the performance of teachers rather yeah. than for monitoring the mm. progress of children. Mm. So. Uh, and, and once that happens, once that mm. gets out there, that, mm. that kind of idea, that perception gets out there, then mm. your data is massively at risk. It's being pulled in two directions. In one, mm. one way, well, I need to be an accurate portrayal of mm. this school and, and you know, the, mm. the learning of children. But, oh, yeah. man, I, I want it to make me look good. Yeah, exactly. So again, so you, what you need to think about with your tracking system is to have something so that what's going into it is um, is actually worth collecting, collating, and that not too much pressure has yeah. been put on it, and that everybody understands exactly. so, that you so know that information is going there. It's a cultural thing, thing that, that senior leaders well. need to be aware of. Mm. That if you, you I mean, I, I I saw a joke about this. Then you can mm. you can have accurate data, or you can use it for performance management, mm-hmm. uh, yes. and, and that's something you're going to yeah. have to struggle with. In some mm. schools, it is a real struggle, but you can't expect to have accurate teacher assessment data if you're going to use it to bash teachers over the head with. Yeah. Um, it, they, it, assessment needs to be done without fear or else it, the, the, the very mm. nature of that data will be it will be distorted and mm. therefore useless yeah so um, yeah no exactly. a bit of a paradox there I suppose. there is there is so but in summary then what we're saying then for if you're looking at um if you're looking at a tracking system of some kind you're looking for flexibility um simplicity, simplicity user friendliness something you want to use yeah. Um, you need to make sure that you're, you're, it's something that you can, um, you can actively manage. So if you're putting things into it, yeah. you're taking things out you're, of it. Well, yeah, um, that you're not reliant on someone else. You know? yeah. So I know that there are schools that use the, uh, the built-in um, assessment system in their, uh, in their MIS, say in SIMS. Mm. And there's uh, something that's, um, you know, I, I, can, I can see why that's appealing because mm. you know, you've already paid for SIMS. It's already there. But mm. often they become reliant on external consultants to sort of build the 
grids and sheets mm. and what have you uh, yeah. for them. They can't do it themselves. So mm. I, I think that you need to have control over your data. You need to have that flexibility, that maintenance of the system internally. It needs to be pretty easy to mm. sort of set up, implement, maintain um, and alter. So suddenly you start doing a, a new test. Uh, yeah. You've right, just started doing CAT tests then you should just be able to go into that system and just create a new section in the system to store your, uh, yeah. you know, your age standardized scores from your, from your CAT test. And mm-hmm. if you start doing some diagnostic assessment for a small group of children, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- then you should be able to go in and just store that data for that small group of children. I mean, that's another, that's actually, yeah. that's another um, yeah. element of the data, isn't it? Diagnostic yes. tests mm. won't be performed across the piece but they will be done for just certain groups of children um and this is something actually it's not not really it's a bigger subject and then we should mm. we should tackle another podcast this is uh data for uh children with special educational needs absolutely um, I, you know i'm, I'm, mm. I'm sort of uh, getting very interested in provision mapping so that's something that mm. we should we should talk about how you how you adapt your systems to also yeah. cater for those children exactly Good. Well, I hope that's been useful for everybody so that you've got uh, a number of things to think about. Um, uh, is your system working well? Again, you know, if you found systems that you particularly like or if you had any particular experiences, we'd love to hear from you. So do get in touch um, and let us know. Because, again, if your system isn't working, it makes your life so much harder. If it is working, it's a lot easier. So there you have it. The Data Busters podcast is published monthly during the academic year and it's available on all good podcast outlets. If you like what we're doing, please recommend us to other people. And if you've got any questions, feel free to send in a voice recording, which you can do via Anchor or contact us on Twitter, either at Data Busting, which is me, or at Jay Pembroke, which is Jamie. So, Jamie, it's getting into June and July. Obviously, we're planning for September. I'm beginning to think because I'm doing, I'm teaching two days a week next year, but also doing lots of things with lots of schools. As It's been really interesting talking to schools about data strategies and how they're thinking about the changes that have been made. And it seems that these messages um, that, we've, that we've been paying yeah. off for ages, um, they seem to be getting through. People are beginning to say, what are we doing? Why are we doing that? And uh, how do we move forward? Well, you're absolutely right. So this hiatus... Uh, mm. well, it's, it's not been a total hiatus in terms of teaching, yeah. but it has been a hiatus in terms of data. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, it has been really useful because it has mm-hmm. um, given schools that opportunity to pause and reflect and think about why do we do those things? And I think yep. there are going to be a lot of schools coming out of this thinking, God, we really don't need to do that anymore. Mm. It, we've, mm. we've done without it all this time. And we just I, I hope that is the case I hope some things we talked about in this podcast schools will reflect on and they will come to the conclusion that it's a waste of time teachers need to spend more time teaching planning lessons um, mm. and less time collecting data you know data needs to be a positive thing that they that, that, that hopefully will have impact on what they do when yeah. they form them but mm. if teachers are finding themselves just going through the motions and doing stuff because they've been told they have to do it and they have they, they, they see no value in it whatsoever, then it has to stop. And senior leaders need to drive that. They need to just be really open and honest. Go, okay, yeah, that is a waste mm. of time. Everyone hates it. No one sees any value on it. I must stop asking my teachers to do this. Exactly. And I think this big focus on curriculum and what your curriculum is, what your taught curriculum is, what your you know, visible and um, uh, implicit curriculum is, it really helps. You know, when, I, when I'm talking to, um, to, to various people, uh, lead school leaders and saying, 
you need to think a little bit about if this class, if you have identified that certain children in this class struggle with a particular area of the curriculum, then you need to allocate some timetable time to that. You need to adapt the curriculum for this year, for this cohort, so that you're teaching more of that thing, which you know, because your analysis, has, uh, your data analysis has told you, some of the children in this class have really struggled with this area yeah. and therefore focus on that. And that's, as you say, that's what teachers want. They, they need the information to say, well, where should I be putting my energies? Yeah. Um, not you know, filling in endless spreadsheets um, because theoretically somebody else needs to know. Good, yeah. so I hope that people have got a lot to think about. Yep. Uh, I'm sure they will do. Because um, whilst we know that, uh, I say, things are going to, it'll all ramp up completely back up in September, but we know that people are beginning to think about what they might do. So um, we'll leave you there. So until next time, everybody, best of luck with adapting to the new normal and um, keep data busting. Thank you.